Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From beneath the Hollywood sign is the gin joint for you. People of Appalachia have a rich history. Early European settlers to the mountainous region were primarily of Scot-Irish heritage. And once isolated within these thick forests and rugged terrain, their culture evolved into a truly unique blend of old and new world traditions of which mountain music became a staple. A source of not only entertainment but also storytelling, an oral tradition that continues on in modern country and bluegrass. And it is through this evolution that the fiddle emerged as an Appalachian icon, a bowed instrument primarily deferring from the European violin only by the style and articulation of its players who wandered from traditional classical music into new ground influenced by the ballads and dance music of the past, utilizing both the melancholy and bright tones of the fiddle to create a uniquely American style. It is this tradition, still held in high regard today, that has helped fuel the legend of one of Northeastern Tennessee's most infamous and mysterious landmarks. A sandstone rock that is said to be the source of ghostly fiddle tunes without a player in sight. Music from the past now echoing through the air, reminiscent of not only the fiddle's impact in Appalachia, but of the legend of a player who is said to have spent his life honing his craft before meeting his demise at what is now known as Fiddler's Rock. My name is Brandon Schecksneider, and you are listening to Southern Gothic.
on a precipice near the top of Stone Mountain in Johnson County, Tennessee, is a well-known flat outcropping of sandstone that although large, barely rises above the ground. Numerous carvings of unknown origin are etched into the surface of the rock from various names, dates, and initials, as well as rudimentary images like that of a man wearing cowboy boots, a rifle, and of course, most infamously, a fiddle with its bow. This unique landmark is sometimes called Screaming Rock, a reference to the howling sound of wind that often echoes through the air around it. But most know it as Fiddler's Rock, as legend says that for centuries, visitors to the site have claimed to hear the disembodied sounds of a ghostly fiddle playing in the distance. The most prominent of these stories told to explain the mystery of these sounds and carvings is that of Martin Stone. It is said that sometime during the late 19th century, Martin, a gifted fiddle player, made his living wandering the mountainous backwoods of Johnson County, Tennessee, performing at every social event that would have him, from church picnics to weddings, barn dances, and even funerals. Not all stories agree on the relative age of the virtuoso, some claiming he was an old master fiddle player, while others that he was merely a talented young man learning his craft. But all do agree that Martin earned the reputation as the most popular fiddler in Northeastern Tennessee. And such was his skill that it was claimed he could quote, stop babies from crying, make mules sing, cure ailing people, and charm snakes. During the warm summer months, Martin liked to take Sundays off and hike on nearby Stone Mountain. There he would rest on the rocky bluff near the top and play his fiddle while the sun rose over the green woods and rolling hills that surrounded him. He was known to spend all day on the mountain, playing song after song until the sun faded from view. And it was on these trips that Martin realized his gift for charming snakes. One day as he played a slow, leisurely tune, a rattlesnake slithered out from under a nearby rock and curled up in a sunny spot where it listened to him play. Soon enough, another snake emerged, and then another, and another, until Martin was completely surrounded on all sides as he played for his reptilian audience. Martin wasn't frightened at the sight. He was fascinated. The serpents made no moves to strike, and on the contrary, they seemed to be hypnotized, swaying back and forth to the music. So Martin continued to play, and as the sun eventually dropped, the snakes began slithering away, back into the shadows from where they came. 
Then, as he packed up his fiddle, Martin made a plan. He would have a surprise in store for these snakes the next time he came up the mountain. So the following Sunday, Martin again climbed Stone Mountain. Only this time, he brought more than just a fiddle. He brought a shotgun. Then, upon reaching the same spot as the week before, Martin settled in and began to play his instrument once again. And just as they had the week prior, the rattlesnake slithered out to listen, swaying in time to the fiddle's tune. But this time, after all the snakes were hypnotized, Martin put his fiddle down and picked up his shotgun, blasting away at the snakes, picking them off one by one until all those still alive had slithered away to safety. Martin then laughed at the ease of it all as he collected what remained of his victims, stuffing the serpents into a burlap sack to take back to town where he'd sell their hides for good, easy money. Martin continued this routine over the next few weeks, playing for and then shooting the assembled rattlesnakes, eventually earning himself the nickname of the Fiddlin' Snake Man. And soon enough, everyone in town knew to come to Martin if they desired a snakeskin of their own. And some stories say that the demand for rattlesnake hides became so high in Johnson County that Martin started traveling up the mountain four or five times a week, as opposed to just on Sundays. But as the end of the summer came near, things began to change. As Martin played, fewer snakes appeared than there were at the beginning of the season. And on one fateful day, when Martin put his fiddle down and reached for his gun, he noticed something different about the serpents. On all of his previous trips, the black eyes of the snakes seemed to glaze over as they swayed with the music. But now, Martin found himself staring into red eyes that seemed to spark with a deep hatred. Martin froze in place, hypnotized by the intense red glare unable to even think about reaching for the gun that lay beside him. The once faithful audience of rattlesnakes had turned on him, and one by one each of the serpents began making their way of Martin's body, wrapping themselves around his arms, chest, and legs. Then all at once, the rattlesnakes bit him. As the venom flowed into the fiddling snake man, all Martin could do was let out a scream so horrifying that it echoed through the valley below. That night, the townsfolk took notice when Martin never returned and his mule was still tied up at the base of the mountain trail. So a search party was assembled and what the men soon found shocked them. Martin Stone's body was sprawled across the overhang, covered 
and at least two dozen snake bites. No one was quite certain what could have happened, for despite Martin's seized body, his fiddle and bow were still laid neatly on the rock, and Martin's shotgun was laying within reach, still loaded. It is said that many residents of Johnson County still avoid the rocky outcrop of Stone Mountain and the flat sandstone known as Fiddler's Rock, as it is said that in the lazy summer months, when the sun rises over the hills, you can purportedly hear the faint sounds of Martin's fiddle, or if you're unlucky, the high-pitched screech of his pain-filled screams. While the story of Martin Stone is certainly the most infamous surrounding Fiddler's Rock, many other legends and tales have evolved in an attempt to explain the mysterious landmark. One story says that there was once a moonshiner who lived somewhere in the nearby woods. As a known fiddle player, it was this man who carved the images into the sandstone to serve as code for those looking to purchase alcohol. But another legend, similar to that of Martin Stone, involves an old unnamed wandering man who was known to travel through the towns of northeastern Tennessee, playing his fiddle in exchange for food and shelter. But one day while traveling through the woods, the old man walked into a cave and was never seen again. Yet the locals in the area continue to hear the sounds of his fiddle playing in the distance. So search parties were sent out in an effort to locate the old traveler, but he and the cave he purportedly entered were never found. Just like the legend of Martin Stone, some believe it is this man who can still be heard sawing on his strings in the distance. Decades, if not centuries, after he disappeared. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. 
You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Of the many assorted tales that surround Fiddler's Rock, there seems to be only one that does not involve a fiddle or provide a reason behind the sounds that visitors claim to hear at the site. This tale relies solely on the image of the rifle carved into the rock. The legend claims that following the direction of the rifle's barrel leads to the long-ago lost silver mine of Jonathan Swift. Swift was an Englishman that claimed to have located a silver mine in 1760, the location of which is said to have been somewhere in either Kentucky, Tennessee, or the southern part of West Virginia. And according to a journal supposedly written by Swift, he found the mine while following a wounded bear into a cave which contained veins of untapped silver. For the next nine years, Swift claimed to have made annual treks to his hidden mine, each time carrying out enough ore for untold quantities of silver bars and minted coins. But eventually, Swift was forced to close his mine, purportedly walling it up to ensure that no one else could gain entrance until he was able to return. But before he could, Swift was stricken with blindness and never again able to locate his mine. As a result, the location was lost for good. An article in an 1886 edition of Harper's Magazine claimed that Swift hid most of his bounty at several locations. John Swift said he made silver in large quantities burying some $30,000 in crowns on a large creek, $15,000 a little way off, near some trees, which were duly marked, a prize of $6,000 close by the fork of a white oak, and $3,000 in the rocks of a rock house, all which, in the light of these notes, it is allowed, anyone who will, to hunt for it. Of course, some believe that one of Swift's lost caches of silver is hidden in the area around Stone Mountain, the same mountain Fiddler's Rock sits upon. But there is skepticism regarding the legitimacy of the supposed miner named Jonathan Swift, as no known proof exists that a man by such a name ever mined in Kentucky. And as for the lost silver, geological evidence throws doubts on such claims as in over 200 years, despite mining and excavations throughout the area, not one site has yielded a single vein of silver ore. Yet the legend of Jonathan Swift remains, and somewhere along the way, it became attached to Fiddler's Rock.
while none of these legends or tales explaining the mysteries of Fiddler's Rock can ever be proven. An old Johnson County oral tradition claims that the site was once used as a gathering site for the surrounding communities from both Tennessee and Kentucky. There, on Stone Mountain, people are said to have gathered for dances and social occasions as a fiddler stood on the now infamous rock, utilizing it as a stage to perform for these folks' entertainment. Of course, unlike the legend of Martin Stone and Jonathan Swift, evidence of this oral tradition can still be found today in the form of an old pioneer road leading to the site. Most who have attempted to debunk the supernatural claims of Fiddler's Rock attribute the cause of this purported disembodied fiddle to the wind moving through the trees and rocky crevices of Stone Mountain. But the enduring legends like that of Martin Stone, the fiddle and snake man, continue to be told today, not just as an explanation for the existence of this mysterious landmark, but just as much as a reminder of the fiddle itself's legacy as an integral part of the musical traditions and storytelling of this truly unique region. My name is Brandon Schecksneider, and you've been listening to Southern Gothic. This week's episode of Southern Gothic includes a special guest appearance by Vanessa K. Eccles of Fabled, a podcast that explores mysteries, legends, and lore much like we do. We also included additional fiddle music licensed through Pond5.com. Of course, if you're a fan of the show, Brianna and I would like to invite you to become a supporter over on Patreon. There you can get access to our members-only series, Southern Gothic The Monsters, which is narrated by my wife Brittany as well as our video series called Beyond the Legend, where Brianna and I discuss some of the research and additional stories that we couldn't quite fit in in our regular episodes. But most of all, we just want to thank everyone for listening and subscribing to the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Lucky Lady Shacks. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you ever wondered who the Mary was from Bloody Mary, if the Loch Ness Monster was real, or if Ouija boards actually worked. On each episode of the family-friendly Unspookable, we look at the histories and mysteries behind your favorite scary stories, myths, and urban legends to get the real stories behind the scares. Want to solve your next mystery? Find and follow Unspookable now wherever you get your podcasts.